Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Queenstown, New Zealand with my good friends Lyle and Leanne McCabe of BeachTravelWine.com. They travel the globe sampling the best wines, and they believe this is one of the most beautiful places in the world. They've been here numerous times with their family for fun and adventure. In this episode, we talk about seeing the wildlife at Kiwi Park, enjoying thrilling adventure sports on Lake Wakatipu, and seeing the waterfalls at Milford Sound. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting New Zealand, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Lyle and Leanne's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Queenstown. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Leanne and Lyle. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. Good morning, Lee. It's great to have you on the show again. Last time we talked about the Sunshine Coast of Australia, and this time we're talking about a place that that I'd never heard of before. Uh, it's Queenstown, New Zealand, and it seems like a really magical place. I saw a lot of really great photos uh, when I was researching online and some of the photos that you sent as well. It just seems like amazing. So what's your connection to the city? Well, we just love uh, Queenstown. We, we've been numerous times. As you know, we live in Australia and it's only a three and a half hour flight direct from us. And uh, we went there to go skiing the first time and you just can't help but fall in, in love with it. We've travelled a lot and it's still, I think, one of the most beautiful cities uh, or parts of New Zealand or the world that you'll ever see. Yeah, initially, you know, I think it's about our fourth trip and I think initially it was just to ski um, because it's actually easier uh, and more convenient for us to ski in Queenstown than it is anywhere in Australia. So that's the main reason. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that when people think, you know, certainly when I think about Australia or New Zealand, snow and skiing is not on the top of my list. I Personally, I probably didn't even think there was actually snowboarding or skiing available in, in either area. But when I saw the photos, it seems like there was like a mountain range right there at, at Queenstown. Yeah, correct. You, It's not even 20 kilometers. You, you just um, hop on a bus or drive up the mountain. It, it's called Coronet Peak is the closest one. And then there's three others within a 45-minute drive of, of Queenstown. So, And that's just one area where you can ski in New Zealand. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge ski snowboard area for sure. Yeah, and Queenstown seems like it's sort of in the bottom of a valley and, and, it, and it's just surrounded by snow-capped mountains. And then You've got uh, Lake uh, Wakatipu. Wakatipu, which is just absolutely glorious, and that's sort of Z-shaped through the, the countryside. And then you've also got, you know, shot over river, and it's just absolutely stunning. One of the ski fields is called the Remarkables, and you can see that from uh, Queenstown as well. And that's where a lot of the uh, Lord of the Rings was filmed. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think a lot of people, when they first hear of New Zealand, that's probably one of the first things they think about is Lord of the Rings, and they want to go see some of the some of the places where where they filmed and everything. And like I said, they just you you wouldn't think of like the mountains, you wouldn't think of snow there. But when I was looking at the photos, like you you mentioned, you know, Lyle, like the the lake that's there is just absolutely gorgeous. Like the city of Queenstown is like right on the edge of the lake. I think it's one of those places. Like if you just woke up and like that was the view that you had, you know, out of your window for the rest of your life, like you'd feel like you were in heaven. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got, you've got it. You nail that. It's uh, every time you go back, you just like I forgot how beautiful it was. You mean, and Queenstown's only a little place. It's it's not a great big sprawling city. So it is. It's like a little country town feel. And yeah, there's the you can walk along the lake. There's there's so much happening on the lake as well. Uh, you know, you can hop on a steamboat called the TSS Earnslow. It was built, oh, it was actually the first sailing of it was the same day as the Titanic. And yeah, it's, 1912. And it's still original and it's still, you know, steam powered and you can do a cruise and have a, a lunch or a dinner and it takes you to uh, the other side of the lake where there's a farm. And yeah, animals. Walter, Walter Peak. Walter takes you to Walter Peak. You know, so that's a nice relaxing thing you can do, great with kids. Or then they've they've got uh, jet boats as well, which, you know, go really fast on the lake and do 360-degree turns. And, and then they've got parasailing. And then they've got these things called um, hydro, oh, I don't even know what exactly what you call them. We call them the shark attack. They're like these little two, three-metre-long boats that look like a... Submersible. So yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they go, I think they go up to uh, about 80k on top of the water and then when they dive and they dive, dive under, the, under water. the water they go back to about 40k and, and then, then they, they just fly straight up vertical out of the water yeah. um it's not something i'd do I, maybe i'm a bit old from it you know <laughs> i don't imagine i'll be bruised at the end of it but um but no. you can see all these things just sitting on the lake because it's all right there you know, you can find a little restaurant or a cafe or you can just, you know, they've got some street food along the edge of the water or there's like a beach area that when we were there last time, we were there with my eight grandchildren and, you know, they're th- there's ducks, so they're feeding the ducks. And my kids, grandkids lived on hot chocolate and snow. That was their, that was their <laughs> diet. <laughs> that was their diet. <laughs> I mean, that's, what, that's what grandparents are all about, right? You, like you're <laughs> spoiling your, ki- your grandkids and then send them back to their parents. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we were there for two weeks this particular trip. So the first week was with uh, eight adults and eight children, so there were 16 of us. And then when the kids went home, we then went and had adult time and spent most of the time in, uh, which is very, very close to the central Otago wine area. So and it was fabulous. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And we'll talk a little bit more about your website later, but I know it's it, it heavily talks about like, wines and travel and beaches and all. <laughs> and basically, you guys are living the life that I that I dream of when I retire. But uh, going back for, uh, for a second, like you mentioned, like the hydro boats and all these other parasailing and everything like that. It's, it's uh, kind of like that strange dichotomy because it seems like such a small little town, idyllic with like the views and everything like that. But then you have all these like adrenaline rush activities all kind of concentrated in this little area as well. This is a fun fact for you. Bungee jumping was actually invented in Queenstown, New Zealand. So, uh, you know, that, I guess that's where it started from. And that was back in um, many years ago, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, back in 1960, 65, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they, it's basically they, they promote themselves as the adrenaline capital of the world. And seriously, you know, I'd have to agree because it is every of this paragliding. You can get on a, a, a helicopter and fly 
and land on these ski fields at the Remarkables, which Leanne and her daughter Michaela did. We flew from Queenstown to Milford Sound and did the, the trip along the fjord there, which is like Queenstown is amazing, but then you get to Milford Sound and that's another step at step above that again and you mean the nature and yeah it's just incredible yeah Yeah. so uh, and that and that that fjord uh finishes basically out on the southern ocean so the next step is antarctica and it's just absolutely amazing and like we spoke to a a guy that actually is the owner of wet jacket wines and as he said there's not too many places in the world that are exactly the same as they were 10,000 years ago. And that's exactly how it is. Yeah, and these fjords were formed by, you know, glacial waters, so they've been been formed over many thousands of of years. But you say it's uh, adrenaline, that's what I don't want to, you know, make everybody think that that's all it is. It's it's sort of, uh, you know, one of the main things. But the relaxation and the, the really nice things you can do there too, you know, because, you know, there's one of those places where there's snow and cold and I think they do um, spa treatments really well and they've got onsen so you can go and sit in these hot tubs and overlook the snow-capped mountains. And we made perfume. I think, Lee, I'm the only travel podcast in the world with its own signature scent, you know, and there's a whole lot of pampering and, and those sorts of things you can do at the luxury hotels as well. And it's massive areas, we were saying, for food and, and wine. You know, it's well known around the wine circles in the world for its wine and and the food is just stunning and one of the things now there's we we learnt is it's also becoming the destination for golfers they're just building so many golf courses around the area oh, wow. as well yeah so it's it's really got something for everyone oh absolutely but like you're mentioning there like i'm more the adrenaline junkie and I, i'm willing to do a lot of things that my wife probably looks at me as like what are you doing you know and and so well, I do all the you know the exciting you know risky stuff. You, she would be all about just going to the spa, making her own signature scent, like you mentioned. Uh, you doing those types of things, and just she wants to just relax when she's on vacation. So it's good that like we we can both kind of you know, scratch that itch as far as what we want on a vacation out of one location that's like still kind of like that again, just those idyllic views that in this really small like small town setting. And in, it's an idyllic views in summer and winter because the, there's more snow, obviously, in winter, but in, in summer the snow doesn't all melt. So, you know, you've got the bonus of the blue sky and, you know, reflecting on the Lake Wakatipu and the mountains in the background with the snow on them. And in, even if it's just having a coffee, you couldn't get a, a more idyllic uh, location, could you? Yeah, and, and the other thing is too, it's everything's so close. Like, it, it, as I said, we've been there a few times now and then whenever we go, you know, the first question people, especially Kiwis, so ask, oh, did you go to Arrowtown? And we actually went this last time, and it's the most beautiful little town, but it's only like 20 minutes from Queenstown, and it's, it's like a, this little quaint village. And you, you drive past Lake Hayes. Yes. And you, another you, lake. Another <laughs> lake, which you've got the reflection of the mountains, the Southern Alps. And it's just spellbounding. It's yeah. just incredible. And then there's this little town, and it cost us four dollars, four New Zealand dollars for the return trip from Queenstown to Arrowtown on the bus. So, yeah, yeah, so it's everything. So, and then there's bus stops, and the bus stops are wineries. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean I, that's gonna be like the, the happiest time I've ever I've ever ridden the bus right there. <laughs> right there. 
<laughs> we, we enjoyed it that much. We did it twice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, let's take a step back for a second. For those that aren't familiar with Queenstown, I know we've done some episodes on the podcast before for Kerikeri and Rotorua and, and some other cities in New Zealand, but those were all on the kind of the Northern Island because uh, for those that aren't aware that New Zealand's basically two major islands. So this one is actually more like in the the Southern portion of, of the, the South Island, correct? Yes, in the southwest of the South Island. That's right. Okay. And then for, like, say if, if I wanted to travel there from the U.S., where would I fly into? Do I Is there an airport nearby or do I have to kind of fly into one of the bigger cities and take a, a bus? Well, if you could fly into Queenstown, it is an international airport, but it's not the biggest one. No, you'd definitely fly into Christchurch and then you'd take, you'd fly, I think it's about an hour. Um, domestic flight. The, the domestic flight into Queenstown. And the actual flight into Queenstown is worth it in itself you just draw as you descend you descend down through the snow-capped mountains through the valley over the river yeah that sounds gorgeous now you know again you from being in the u.s and everything like that like you're mentioning the the snow-capped mountains and the the skiing and snowboarding but again I, i have kids right and so i can't travel as much as i want throughout the year because they have school uh so the good thing is if i want to actually hit up the mountains and hit up the slopes there you guys are in, in winter when it's our summer break. So it'd be like a perfect time to come down there and hit up the mountains when we're, you know, in shorts and flip-flops here in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, we're our winter season. I think, you know, it's probably from about end of May through to the beginning of September would probably be safe to get the good snow. Of course, they, they can make snow if, if they need to top it up and stuff. But um, the other thing is I, your children, I think, are a little bit older, but when we were travelling there, we had young children with us and none of them had skied before and they were all able to were able to do lessons and by the third, third day they were coming down a, a blue slope, you know, so for those who don't ski, there's the beginner slope, the green and then the blue. So they were skiing with their parents, you know, on the last day, and, and they was they were age six and eight, the older two. And then they have these. I mean, obviously they have it in other ski fields, but I just I know about this one. It's called Skiwee Land, so it's sort of like a daycare preschool for two to five year olds, and they do activities in the snow, and they also do some ski lessons. So even the younger kids were able to spend time, you know, on little skis in their own little special ski area. So it's. And that way you can leave the kids there and go and do some skiing yourself if you want to. That's a great facility for families as, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as much as I love my kids, I don't want to be stuck on the green slopes the entire time when I go <laughs> when I go to when I go to the mountain, right? I want to be able to do something a little bit more adventurous and, and a little bit more in you know, my level. So say we are able to get a flight directly into Queenstown there. From the airport to the city, is there public transportation? Do we rent a car? Like what's the best way to get around? Well, yes to those questions. You can get public transport. There is a bus that goes, you know, several times a day. Uh, we always grab a taxi because it's, I think it was 50 bucks. It's not that far. It's maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, maximum 20 minutes. So it's quite, it's the actual airport's quite mm-hmm. close to the actual town. If you are going to rent a car, it's probably best from the airport though. They have all the rental car companies set up there. If you want to do any sort of exploring outside the immediate Queenstown area, then I would definitely recommend getting a car. We didn't because we're happy just to hop on the local bus and and spend time in Queenstown, but we're definitely going to go back again and this time we're going to go in in summer and do more more of a road trip. It's very easy to drive around and navigate. It's 
I think the population of New Zealand's maybe just over five million people yeah. in total. So yeah, there's more sheep than people. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> it's it's not big motorways and and lots of traffic, so it's very very easy to, to get around. Nice, nice. Now, as far as like you know, once we get there, and you know, obviously there's so many wonderful things to do in in Queenstown and the surrounding areas, but we need a place to stay. So uh, I was actually doing a little research, and I saw that they have properties from most of the major brands that I, I saw some some properties from IHG and uh, and Hilton as well as Hyatt and Sofitel and Mercure is, is a big popular brand that's in the, the Australia and New Zealand as well so there are a lot of options that way but you know, where would you recommend people stay or, or where do you stay when you go are you, you stay more like in a bed and breakfast or more a traditional hotel we generally try and get an apartment. There's quite a lot of those as well because we're going to be there for at least a week, maybe more, and, you know, it's always nice to be able to, you know, spread out a little bit. But we, the last time we, we stayed there, we stayed at what they call the Glebe, they're called Glebe Luxury Apartments, and that it would only be a 50-metre walk to the main area of Queenstown. And we booked that. Uh, actually, one of my daughter-in-laws found that for us because we were all staying together. We all had our own apartments, had four families, and um, some of the, the mums weren't going to go up the snowfield, so they were able to walk into town and enjoy that without having to, you know, wrangle kids in prams and try and get them from up. some of the more upmarket hotels are a little bit out of town, but they would have their own shuttle buses to go in. So the Glebe apartments are, are fabulous. They have from studios right through to penthouse apartments and, you know, full kitchens and laundries and they're so warm and cosy, like the heated bathroom, all the stuff that you need. Yeah, and they, and they have the, the views, obviously, are mm. amazing. And where we stayed, we could look straight up at, uh, was it Bob's Peak where mm. the gondola goes up? During the day, all you see is these mad people doing tandem Paragliding, yeah, paragliding <laughs> oh, which wow, is probably yeah. something you'd like to do. But, uh, yeah, it's just incredible. It's and, great. of course, you've just got That's that. That's a great place to stay. Though, yeah, and it? the winter skies just reflects off the snow and it's just the bluest, bluest, bluest. And there are a lot of apartments and hotels that have amazing water views. It's a lot on the waterfront. So depending on what, on what you on what you want, you know, whether you're on a luxury hotel or it likes – there's also got the hostel. So we – you know, it's not the cheapest place to go, but there are a lot of backpackers go there to as well. And there is that that sort of scene where every restaurant you go to, you meet someone from another country. There's, they must have a good work visa sort of thing going on, and they come and do the snow season. Or they, they so there's a lot of young people around too. So that does have a pretty cool vibe, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they've got a um, a government visa thing with South America. Okay. So yes. yeah, every restaurant you go into, you're likely to be able to speak Spanish with the <laughs> which is great for us because we're trying to learn Spanish. So, yeah, so back to your question about the accommodation, just check where it is and what, what you want. Do you want to be able to be in town? Do you want some quiet time where you're just on the lake? Do you want an apartment so you can do some washing and hang your ski gear up at the end of the day? But honestly, you're not going to go wrong because it's such a small area and most places have wonderful water views. No, absolutely. Now, you're, like I said, maybe I'm, I'm going to travel with my wife if I, if we come visit. Sometimes I'll bring my kids as well. And and I was looking around, and it seems like there's some great activities that are both good for you know kind of romantic as well as for you know something that you're going to take the whole family. One of the things that I saw was uh, the Queenstown Gardens, and it seemed like it was like a really great place as far as scenery and a lot of like local uh, flora and fauna, you know, with all like the the plants and everything. So that seemed like a really a nice place. Uh, have Have you gone there? 
a couple of times. I absolutely love the Queenstown Botanic Gardens. It is situated on one one of the peninsulas, sort of at one end of the town, and uh, yeah, we go there every time. It's amazing, and you can walk around the edge of it. There's a path that goes all the way around the sort of little headland on the water, which, you know, once again, we're just going to go on and about the views. It sort of sits right on the banks of the... Um, Lake Wakatipu. Yeah, Wakatipu. Yeah. But then actually walking up through the gardens, there's there's different paths, there's little ponds. The first time we went there, half the pond was frozen and there's ducks flying in, basically skidding across the top until they made <laughs> the water, which was a lot of fun. There's, you know, the kids can feed the ducks from there. There's massive big pine trees like you you can't believe as well and it's like a forest the kids went and played um hide and seek, hide and, seek. and and they've also got a, a couple of things inside the park which is like the the bowling green so you can play like lawn bowls there they've also got a uh, ice skating rink in in the middle of the, the park it's, it's an indoor one and then um frisbee you, golf yeah frisbee golf i don't know if you've heard of that but it, they've got these state yes yeah, so they've got frisbee golf all the way around the the gardens as, as well so and of course you've got the rose gardens and yeah the all spring the that's yeah. right you've got the rhododendrons all the bulbs and things that come up in spring and then because there's so many trees in autumn you know the colors are amazing we were there last time in, in winter and even though you know like there's a lot of trees without their leaves it's still magical. It's it, we walk there every every time we go. It's one of my favourite places for sure. And they've just added a children's playground at the entrance, uh, like a really great playground. And it's right next to I think it's called the Boat Shed Cafe, right on the waterfront. So you can grab a coffee, you know, and the kids can play, and then you can wander through the the park. It's it yeah, definitely go there because it's free too. Oh, nice. Uh, obviously, I love free because <laughs> you know, it's a lot of money to be able to fly down there and everything. But um, another place that I saw that seemed like really good for families is uh, Kiwi Park because obviously we were just talking about the botanical gardens, like obviously a lot of plants and flowers and everything like that. But uh, I saw Kiwi Park is actually – it educates you in, about a lot of the, the unique animals that you can find in New Zealand. Yes, and that's right at the uh, entrance to where you get on the gondola to go up um, the southern hemispheres. <laughs> uh, there's a big Kiwi Park at the entrance there. That's right. So you can go in there and see, I think there's up to 50 different local reptiles and, and birds and obviously the famous Kiwi bird, which is native to New Zealand. Yeah, so definitely fun for kids. Milford Sound, when you go there, and um, there's lots of birds and fauna, and there's an un- at Milford Sound, there's an underground water observatory where you can go and see some of the the you know underwater animals and the black coral, which it's famous for. So yeah, if you're into nature, that's a good one as well. Yeah, and the Milford Sound, if you're interested in that sort of thing, they, there's also dolphins and seals, seals and penguins and, yeah, and yeah. all that sort of thing. So yeah. oh wow, you got a little bit of everything there. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things we'd love to do whenever we travel is like check out the local cuisine. One thing I was, I was reading about, like obviously you mentioned that there's more sheep than there are people. So lamb is obviously a, a big part of the of the foodie scene there as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we no no uh, vegetarians here when you go to New Zealand. Honestly, the lamb everywhere we go, I'm just like, what lamb have they got? Is it backstrap? Is it you know like lamb? shoulder what what, rump whatever i'm just i'm I'm having the lamb every time it's incredible and there's a couple of little supermarkets in town and um you know i don't know about obviously you guys but here we can go into our supermarket and buy a hot cooked chicken so you know so it's already cooked for you and take it home and there's your meal well in in new zealand or in queenstown they have hot cooked lamb shanks 
oh my gosh and you know like you can go to a restaurant and pay 40 50 bucks for a lamb shank meal and um so we just went in there to get a hot chicken and saw these hot lamb shanks so i think we had them three nights because you know when we're traveling with family and we're busy all day sometimes you can't be going out and we had full kitchen so we we nailed the lamb shanks didn't we yeah and they were 17 bucks for two. Oh no, it was like oh my gosh fantastic fantastic so yeah, yeah but the restaurant scene in queenstown is amazing i think there's over 150 restaurants yeah in restaurants cafes and yeah. bars and that sort of thing but the international cuisine anything you want anything you could think of mm. they have there's a restaurant for it and it's all unbelievable quality and i think partly because you know they're all competing with each other so it has to be good oh sure what are some of the best places to eat in queenstown I was just about to say before, a lot of the restaurants, every time we go, they're still there. So they stand the test of time, don't they? But this time we were lucky. There was a, a brand new restaurant right on the waterfront that we fell in love with called Soda. And I had, um, believe it or not, we had... Um, Walter Peak Shoulder Lamb. Lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we did there. And it's got sort of floor-to-ceiling views over the lake. And, of course, if you're there at sunset, it's... Just can't believe how beautiful the, the decor and the staff and the food and the views. It's just amazing. But there's places like Madame Wu's, which has been Asian there. Fusion's yeah, been yeah, there forever. That's been there forever and really well known. Uh, you've got uh, Botswana Butchery, Butchery yeah. which is um, uh, South African, I think. It's all meat, though. And it's all meat, but just spectacular. And you've got to really book a lot, a long way in advance. That's, that is true. That's one of the things. And what was it? White and Wong, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, another Asian restaurant, which is actually owned by the same people that have got Botswana Butchery. There's the uh, Spanish tapas place right on the waterfront yeah, as well. Yeah. But one of the most famous places is a burger shop, and it's called Ferg Burger, F-E-R-G Burger. And you basically line up doesn't matter what time of day you line up for burgers and that's been the same for years and years and years and um you know i remember listening to a podcast years ago about someone talking to the owner and how they market it you know because they just couldn't believe how how popular it was you know why do people go there so it's like a a queenstown iconic thing that you have to do is get a ferg burger (laughs) and you don't see uh fast food food outlets in um there's a couple, but they're hidden away. Yeah, right? where it's, so this is sort of uh, Queenstown's answer to fast food, I suppose. And if you like, uh, because because it's the cold water climate, there's a lot of fresh, beautiful fresh fish as well. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, one of the things I that doing a little research, I found a I found a good spot called Bespoke Kitchen, and I found a picture and. You know, for for obviously we're talking about a lot of dinner and and, brec- and lunch places. This place uh, serves a lot of breakfast, and they have just some amazing looking pancakes that just they were like to die for. My mouth was watering when I saw them. I'm like, okay, I got to mention them in the podcast as well. <laughs> you know, so we got we got the pancakes in the mornings. That way we can have all the energy for all the activities we're going to do, and then at night we come back and just to kind of replenish ourselves, we're going to get some lamb shank and everything else, and be able to kind of get that food coma so that way we can go to sleep and and have a good night's sleep. And, of course, you can't have lamb in Queenstown if you don't have a central Otago Pinot Noir. That's that's the red wine that they're known for throughout the world. Oh, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. And one of the reasons uh, central Otago is the most southern uh, latitude in the world, so with the, where they make wine. Yeah. So that's why it's so good. It's uh, because it's at that cold climate and it has the the difference in the daytime temperature to the nighttime temperature, which – basically uh, postpones the the great 
ripening and also um, keeps the acidity high. So, yeah, look at... And the, years and years of glacial pressure on the soils and things like that. Yeah. And all that, stuff. that sounds amazing. Well, it's been so good learning all about Queenstown and everything, but now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody visited Queenstown and only had time for one meal, where should they go and what should they eat? I'm going soda. Soda, the restaurant there. Lamb Uh, rump. Yeah, the lamb rump, the Walter Peak lamb rump rump for sure. Nice, nice. Now, like you said, you've you've been to Queenstown several times and created a lot of great memories, both just amongst yourselves as well as like with family. But what's one of the most memorable experiences? Well, it would have to be being with uh, my eight grandchildren and you know, sitting, talking about the skiing that we've all done together and uh, sitting on the lake and throwing breadcrumbs into, into the ducks and just seeing the smiles on all my grandkids' face and just soaking in the beauty of Lake Wakatipu together. No, that sounds, I mean, you know, as, as great as it is to do you know, some of these other activities and things like that, just like those family memories like that, like to me, that's that's the most important thing and that's the thing you're going to remember the most no matter what. So, oh, well, speaking of good times and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Queenstown? Wow, there's so many because it was the same before because of the, um, you know, the backpacker sort of culture. But I, I don't know. I think that probably Pig and Whistle. Oh, I'd go to the, uh, the wine. Oh, yeah, the winery. That's it. The yeah. winery, which is a, that's next a, to the Ballarat Hotel. Yeah, next to the Ballarat Hotel. It is so unique the way they do it. They almost have wine in dispensers and you can do wine tastings and they have a happy hour there. It's fabulous. Yeah, by far. I highly, highly recommend it. The winery, it's called. Oh, fantastic. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Queenstown? Ah, I knew you were going to ask me this question. I have the best answer for you. It's a restaurant called The Cow. It's in Cow Alley, and it used to be an old cow stables where they used to milk them, and they have the best pizzas in the world. Fantastic. Now, uh, like we kind of alluded to earlier, you know, with your website and, and your podcast, you travel all over the world and visit so many different amazing destinations. And so with that, I'm sure you created some some great travel tips. Like what's one of your best? Um, best travel tips, you know, just just go. <laughs> just, you know, go and, and if you can share something special with, with family and it makes it a whole lot, lot better. So we, we're trying to incorporate a bit more family travel with, um, you know, all the extended, even when your kids grow up, doesn't mean you can't travel with them. And I'd probably say not to be shy about, you know, if you go into a bar or a restaurant and actually ask the locals where they go. No, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the things that how this podcast started is that that's what I used to do. You know, I still do it now, but I think a lot of people are just a little shy for that. And, um, you know, these conversations with with local experts like you make it a little bit easier for people to feel comfortable because they they've seen so many different examples of people who are who just love talking about their local areas and maybe this will be something that that lets them know like look it's not going to be a problem walking up and talking to somebody and saying hey you know, what do you suggest don't just walk up to somebody like well they're in the middle of their meal but like you know pull up to the bar you order a drink and turn to the person next to you and ask if they're, if they're local and, and what they recommend. I think that's, that's a great strategy. And I think more people need to do that. Well, we were in Rome and we went into this little dingy bar, I suppose you'd call it to a degree. And, um, there was a guy behind the bar by the name of Angelo and, um, he should be, should be in movies, you know, like he was a typical Italian good looking guy, but he probably spent an hour with us 
saying where we should go. And that was just from asking. And that was just from asking, yeah. And also quick back to Queenstown, when, when I was doing ski lessons with my daughter, we just asked the ski instructors because they're there for, you know, six months or so. So they're, they're trying to suss out the best place and we got some great recommendations from, from them as well. Well, fantastic. Well, Lyle and Leanne, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for, for Queenstown. Uh, can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, we're Lyle and Leanne and we have a travel podcast called Beach Travel Wine and we go everywhere we can and we get in depth and we, we come back and we podcast all about it and we try to, like you, share as much information as we can so we can inspire people and, and help them with, with their travel plans. So, And we'd like to concentrate on wine regions if we can, but, uh, you know, we've, we've been to Italy and Spain and Mexico and we've been all around Australia and New Zealand and, you know, we've got lots more coming up next year as well. So, And we do have a website where we put all our photos and links and show notes, to, you know, as well so you can go and have a look at all the places. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to that in the show notes. Uh, if somebody has questions about your podcast, about your travels, or about Queenstown in particular, uh, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Oh, we'd love to answer questions about Queenstown. We could talk about it all day. We adore it. And um, you can reach us at, at our website. There's a beachtravelwine.com. There's a contact us there. Or we're just on um, social media, Beach Travel Wine at Instagram, and some messages there. So, yeah, we're easy to find. Well, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, of course, we'll include links to all these in the show notes. And uh, Lyle and Leanne, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thanks, Lee. We've had a great fun talking about Queenstown, one of our favorite places in the world. Yeah, thanks, Lee. It's a pleasure. What an awesome conversation with Lyle and Leanne. Queenstown seems like such a fun destination for adrenaline sports, but also a great place to sit back and take in the natural beauty while sipping on a glass of wine. You can find all the links we talked about and our one-page guide to Lyle and Leanne's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Queenstown. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we speak with my good friend Connie Pearson of therego'sconnie.com and she's the author of 100 Things to Do in Auburn, Alabama, Before You Die, by Reedy Press. In this episode, Connie and I talk about celebrating victories at Tumor's Corner, hiking around Chihuahua Park, and going back in time for Syrup Soppin' Day. Hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at We Travel There, or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure to follow us on the favorite podcast app, that way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.